0: So many people right now have big questions on their hearts and minds. Everybody around me has been asking these things. And people come up and say things like, Do you think think that maybe this is in times? Or do you think that God's trying to get our attention? Or do you think God's doing something through all this? Or all these questions and things. And then we look at it and we have the bigger questions that we say in life. Questions like, Does God bring suffering? Does God do the illness? Is God in the virus? And all these questions that come in, and there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion about just the things in life. So I thought, I, I want to explain life. And I'm not just saying this to remind Christians about who we are, where we're going, and what life is about. But even how things that we're dealing with right now relate to what we're dealing with. So I want to take you on a journey, like like a journey through history. Take you all the way back to number one, creation. And I'm not going to go far into this, but God created everything and created man. God created man on purpose because God wanted to be with man. It, It wasn't just like anything else that he did. When he created man, he created us in his image for fellowship. And God stood back and God said, it is good because we were made in the image of God. Actually, everything that God created... God said it is good. Do you know why he said it was good? Because it was the way he wanted it to be. It was without sin. It was without error. It was without failures and faults. It was good. But with God, he he went from creation and he gave us a choice. That is so important for us to understand because the relationship that God wanted us to have with him was based on a choice. If it wasn't based on a choice, it wouldn't be based on love. If you go up to somebody and you you fall in love with them or you like them or whatever, and you say, you're going to marry me whether you like it or not, that's not love. You see, it's the same thing with God. God didn't just create us and say, you're going to follow me and do what you want or do what I want whether you like it or not. God had his followers because we love him. It's a response. He is good and we respond to his goodness. And God wants it to be that way. From the very beginning, God gave a choice. And in the garden, it looked like this. He created the trees. And he said, one, don't eat this. God said, if you love me, you're going to follow me. You're going to obey me. Don't eat this. Love is about a choice. Well, you know the story. Or most people know the story. Adam and Eve was deceived by the devil. They they went up to it. They they didn't think that it was true. They They were twisted in their mind of what it actually meant. They ate of the fruit of the tree, and the Bible says that sin came into the world because of a choice that they made. God didn't put sin on man. Man chose to disobey God. He went contrary to who God is. Anything contrary to God is not good. Anything opposite of what is holy of God is unholy and unrighteous. So God goes and gives us this choice, and the Bible says from that Romans 5 12, and I'm I'm just gonna throw out some verses as we go through here to kind of build this up. Is this because wherefore is why one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. This reminds me of the virus, and I think this is a visual that we can understand. The virus at the very beginning started with one person making a decision. One person made a decision. And, and we know from the way that, it got, that that has spread across everyone. It is a matter of the same thing as sin is like this virus. It's all around us, but we can't see it. But we can definitely see the effects of it. And the Bible says that sin passed upon all men. And because sin affects us, it takes lives, it hurts, it destroys, it makes people sick. We can't see it. And the Bible says in Genesis 3, 17, and God says, because you ate of the tree, that went against God. The Bible says, Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Cursed. I I don't think we understand from the very beginning there was this curse. And I'd I'd like to illustrate it even as we go through this. The Bible says at the very beginning, after creation and after the choice, really if we're looking back on history, we look back at this curse. This curse that came into the world because of sin, because of disobedience, because of what man did, man made a choice and it brought upon the curse. The Bible says, because you did this, sorrow is what comes in the world. The curse is what comes in. The curse means it's broken. Cursed is the ground. Everybody needs to understand that the world that we live in is cursed. It's broken. The world that we live in has a sickness. It's it's, it's not a coronavirus. It's sin behind every sickness, behind everything that brings depravity, behind every abusive thing that happens, behind every drug, behind everything that tears people apart. From the very beginning in all of our lives, you sit there and say, why is there so much tragedy and hurt? Why is, why is there tornadoes that come and tear people apart? Why is there sickness and famine? Why is there all of these things? We need to understand all the way back to the beginning, it started with a curse. The world that you live in, the world that I live in, has a curse. And it came from a decision that man made to go against God from the very beginning. The Bible says, going back to Romans 5.12, Because of one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for all have sinned. See, what death does is it takes life. Death takes life. God gave us life. Sin takes life. And sin is at the root of all the evil in this world. Sin is at the root of, of, of war. It's, it's at the root of division. It's at the root of, of divorce. It's at the root of everything that hurts us. It's at the root of coronavirus. Sin that was brought into the world. All these things that we talk about. And let me, let me just tell you too, just like viruses and everything else with sin, sin doesn't play favorites. Young and old, good and bad, it doesn't matter race, it doesn't matter background, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter male or female, it doesn't matter sin, play, it affects everybody. And the thing that you need to understand is God hates it. When we go back to the beginning, we talk about the curse. In Genesis 3.15, God was talking to the serpent and he says, I will crush your head. Literally, I'll bring judgment on you. You try to ruin everything that I did, and I will crush your head for it. God had a plan from the very beginning. You need to understand that God hates sin because sin hurts us. And sin goes against everything that God did that is good in this world. From the very beginning, God planned to eliminate sin. God, in his greatness, God in his goodness, God in his love, said, I don't want that because that hurts the ones that I love. And God had a plan from the very beginning. Now, I'm going to teach you something that a lot of you will not understand in the respects that we think of this. See, God planned to eliminate the hurt that was in the world by doing something. He created something that he was going to take care of sin and take care of death and and sin and the devil at at, at the end of time. He said, I have a plan for this. Now, this is what it was. From the very beginning, God planned to take care of Satan by bringing in hell. A lot of times we view hell as so many different things. But I, I want you to grab a hold of it from God's perspective. Of what he did when he said there's a curse And that curse is hurting all mankind, and it's hurting us. God said, I want to eliminate the sin, and I'm going to cast it into hell and and take care of it. The Bible says in Matthew 25, when Jesus was teaching, Then shall I say unto them that on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed. said, depart from me, ye curse. That curse, God says, depart from me. I want to get rid of it. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it to hurt people anymore into everlasting fire prepared. Listen to this prepared. It was set up. It was built. It was created. It was prepared by God for the devil and his angels. That was the purpose of it to everlasting fire. Do you know what fire does? Destroys. See, hell was created for sin. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Remember this feeling that God had when it comes to this and then the the fact that God wanted to eliminate the curse. I I, I remember my kids and the Bible relates the curse to even thorns. And I I started thinking when my kids were little, we bought this house. We bought it from an older lady and she loved roses. And in the back of our yard, uh, it had rose bushes all over the place. And if you know anything about rose bushes, they have thorns all over them. As soon as you came off our back porch, there was a whole uh, flower box filled with those rose bushes and then periodically around the yard. And I remember when we moved in, I was trying to get the carpet replaced and paint the walls and doing all this. The last thing on my mind was in the backyard. And I remember the kids would come in and I'd be like, how'd you get that scratch on you? He says, well, I'm playing in the backyard. And I'm like, man, how are they getting scratched? So I remember these things happening like that. Then one day I went out there. And I found those rose bushes that the kids kept getting cut on. And I said, you know what? No way. I don't want that. in a father's love that's sitting there, it, it made me mad. It made me angry against that which is hurting my kids because I love them. And I remember taking a knife and a, a machete and I went out there and I cut all every rose bush down that was in my backyard, every bit of it. I dug it up, got rid of it, burnt it up, threw it out, got rid of it completely out of my house out of my yard because I didn't want it because it hurt what I loved. I didn't buy that house. I didn't create it. I didn't have it to hurt my kids. I wanted my kids to be okay. I wanted them to be safe, and they weren't. See, God had a plan that he would destroy sin. He would destroy that which causes cancer and viruses and sickness, that which takes life. There's a big problem. There's a big problem. The problem is that death passed upon all men, for all men had sinned. You see, in order for that curse to be cast into hell, I have the curse. And God loves me. I I have the curse because I was born into sin, and sin passed upon all men. It's the same thing right now with the virus. We were to say, "Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to burn up and get rid of the virus today. We're, we're going to eliminate." And then all of a sudden, we realize and say, oh, "Wait a minute! What, what, somebody I know that I love has that virus. We're not we're not going to get rid of them." It's just like, no, that that's not going to work. I, I would I would burn up blankets. I would throw out things. I would clean things. I would do all that. But if it's in my kids, I'm not going to do that. So God had a this thing that He was dealing with because He knew that we had. We were infected. To destroy sin means that he would have to destroy us. The same thing today with the virus it was the same thing within. It was we're infected with it. So God hated so much that he loved us so much that God created a cure. This is something that we would relate to today because all of a sudden we want to get rid of the curse. We want to get rid of the virus in our world. And we know it came as the decision of people. But at the the end, we're we're waiting for a cure. We need a cure. The Bible describes this as being Jesus. And I know for some, this is not going to be some big aha moment that you didn't know this. The only cure for man had to be Jesus. see, it wasn't an option for God to destroy man in order to destroy sin. I'm I'm a dad of three kids. I love my kids like crazy. If I found out they were sick... I would do anything, anything that I possibly could to take away or take their place or anything that I could to fix what was wrong in their life. You need to understand that because we have it, view it like this. Okay, here's here's sin, and I'm a child of God. God loves me. God cares for me. Because of the curse that's in the world from the very beginning, I was infected. I have this. And because of this, I'm on my way to hell, not because of that God doesn't love me, because God hates sin, and God wants to condemn sin, and sin is going to stand in judgment. But I'm infected by it. But in the meantime, you have to understand, the Bible says, God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, he loved us. You you see, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I, I stand guilty of sin. I'm infected. I, I have a virus of sin in my life. But you need to understand that God loves me. And you're infected too with sin. And God loves you. God loves us. The only way that we would have hope. Is the one that knew no sin had to become sin for us. No one, The one that was never affected by sin. The one that had never had this. The one that was righteous he had to be made, the Bible says, he was he that uh, became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made righteousness in God. See, put it like this. He was made to be the cure for us who wasn't sick that we could be healed through him. That is why the Bible says when Jesus came to pay for the cross, to pay for the curse, to pay for sin, the Bible says in order for him to become the cure for us, He he had to become sin for us. He stepped into our world. He took our pain. He took our punishment. And Isaiah 53, 5 says, and with his stripes, we're healed because of what Christ did. The only healing that I can have is this virus, is this illness, is this disease that I have and I can't get rid of in my life. The only hope to get rid of it before it gets to judgment is Jesus. That is it. That is the only hope. The Bible even says the wages of sin is death. The the direction of my life is death. The way that I'm headed is here. But the gift of God, that is what this is, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, you have to understand why he called it a gift. A gift is something that Christ paid for on the cross. And he extends to us, but it has to be received. Now, this is where it gets real. And I know I said a lot of things that a lot of people are going to say, I already know that. I, I, I get that. For the most part, I get that. But you understand, just like it was at the very beginning, it is today. It is a choice. It is a choice. The Bible says that we have to believe on him and receive him. Jesus said in John 3, 36, he that believeth on the Son have everlasting life. Just like that. He that believes in Jesus Christ has everlasting life. He has the cure But listen to this, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, you have this in our lives, and we come to the cure. And maybe for you in your life right now, that's right now in this video. Right now in your life, God brought you to this point to wake you up to say, hey, you have this world, we see it all around us, has sin, and it's being affected. You and your life has the curse of sin in your life right now, and you are affected, and the only chance that you have, because the wrath of God will abide on you because of the sin that's in your life, the only chance that you have right now is the cure, which is Jesus Christ. That is it. You either have Jesus or you do not. You either have the cure or you do not. And the Bible says the wrath of God abides on you, not just on you because he doesn't love you. He does love you. His wrath abides on sin that came from the curse that he wants to get rid of. That is what it's on. We're infected and this disease will not just go away. But I think sometimes we feel that way. We're just going through life and saying, man, I don't need Jesus I don't need that religion. I don't want you shoving that down my throat. I don't believe that there's a god. We we do anything that we can and Satan has put in so many lies to say, "Don't worry about that." Man, are you serious? Man, religion is a band-aid. Christians are weak. That book is a myth. All of these lies. Can I remind you the choice that brought us into the curse was brought by Satan who lied from the very beginning? He's doing the same thing today. People are consumed this curse that's affecting their life, and they don't know why, and they're sitting there believing lie after lie after lie of anything that they can. And the Bible says every single day, as I pass the cure, then I remain sick. And here it is. The, the Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die. You realize because I have sinned, and there's sin in this world, and there's the curse of this world, it, it, one day I, I am going to die. The Bible said it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment, which literally means your life is like this. That is our destination when I have sin in my life. And if you've been born and you have, you're alive without Jesus Christ, you have sin in your life. This is my life every single day. I'm getting closer and closer to judgment. Closer and closer to hell. Closer and closer. It is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. Now, judgment is a great thing. Judgment is something that we all understand. A judge is someone that knows right from wrong. That, that is what a judge does. Man, we, we have peace, or we strive to have peace in our world because we have judges. When something is wrong, we bring it before a judge. The judge knows what is right and wrong. Then he divides what's right and wrong, and he punishes what's wrong, and that's how we have peace. That principle wasn't created by man. That, that's been all the way from the very beginning when we're kids and we, we're arguing with our brother and sister and they do something wrong. We want justice. We bring it before mom that knows right and wrong and said, they took my stuff or they, they scratched me or they lied to me or whatever. And you sit back there saying, I want it to be made right. We know this in our world today. If somebody steals a package off your porch, you have a ring doorbell. You want justice. I want to bust them. I want it, the wrongs to be made Right. Because in a world, if everything was wrong and nobody made it right, that would be a very crazy world that we live in. From the very beginning, God created order and justice. We will stand before God and God is a righteous judge. And God says, I don't want in this world sin whatsoever. So God, when we stand before God, if you have that, that is what he's judging because this is wrong The same way if there was a criminal that stood before a judge and he stood there convicted of his crime. No, that in your life is what's condemning you. You did this to yourself. You made a choice. And the righteous judge cast judgment upon you. Because that is what righteousness does. God, who is our righteous judge on the day of atonement, on the day of us standing before him, on the day of when we stand before God, God is separating sin and righteousness from unrighteousness, that which is covered or that which is cured and those that are guilty before God. Now, I'm going to warn you, the world jokes about this constantly. I, I, I saw that there was a, the guy that owns that, that company called My Pillow, and he, he went on with the president and made an announcement of how many things that they're going to make um, face masks for, uh, their company's going to do. And then all of a sudden, the whole world started making jokes because afterwards, he said, he's a Christian. And he said, what we need to do is we need to turn our hearts back to God and get back on our knees and begin to pray. And He said that. He had this platform and he said it just like Paul the Apostle would have done. Of I have an opportunity to preach and I'm going to do it. That's what he did. You know what the world started doing? Tweets and newscasts and everybody else began to mock and says, oh, my pillow guy is going to save us. My pillow guy, this and all this. And they, they mocked his message. Why in the world when we see so much wrong and so many people mocking the message of God? Mocking truth? Because Satan is working in this world and he's doing anything that he can to distract you from the truth, anything to put lies in your mind. This world has gone crazy because the world is sick and it keeps getting more sick as we get closer to the end. The Bible says in James 1.15, and when lust hath conceived they bringeth forth sin, And sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. See, sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin is like a disease. It's slowly, even this world is slowly dying. It's having an effect. We can see it all around us. And you think things are changing. Yes, because sin is having an effect. Has an effect on all of us. I've been with people on their deathbed. And I've been with them as the, the nurse and them come in and say, I don't know when they're going to pass, but I can tell you from the signs that I'm seeing that things are getting worse. And I thought about us as as the world is from the very beginning of the curse. You have to understand that this world is cursed and it's, it's on its way to a destination and things are progressively getting worse and we see that all around us. And I hope you wake up to that, understand that this world is getting worse and man is getting further and further away from God and people keep rejecting God in this world. And all of this that we see you say, why, what is going on? Right now, I truly believe what God is doing is God is giving us the mercy of God. Because right now, he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God right now, every single day that he does not come back, every time that God gives us one more day to breathe, every time he gives you one more day to wake up, it is one more opportunity for you to wake up and see that you need God. Every day is one more time That you can turn on Facebook, listen to a message, have somebody witness to you. God to shake you up to say, hey, judgment is coming. This world is sick. You have a disease in your life called sin and you need God. Because once you reach that, it's too late. But every day that you're alive and every day that you're breathing, there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. And remember, every day that you wake up alive, that is the mercy of God, the mercy of God, the mercy of God. And every time you hear a message, it's one more time God extending the gift of grace saying, hey, I love you. I want to to save you. I want to give you hope. I want to give you this. So right now, I believe that right now we're between this curse and judgment. And right now, God is extending the cure before we get there because he wants to take away that which is going to condemn us to hell. The question is, what are you going to do with it? Ephesians 2 describes where we're at right now. He says in verse 3, among whom also we had our conversation in times past with the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind. We're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. It's how we lived. Think about what the Bible said about us. It talked about we do in this life, the lust of the flesh, and America is filled with this. It is a matter of our entertainment has become filth. We have rejected God. We have pushed God out of our government. We don't want God in our schools. We don't want to hear God on TV. We don't want to hear God's name mentioned in, in Christmas. We sit there and, and everything that the Bible talks about is being right, about morality, about, about living right in sex and marriage and, and gender and everything else. And we sit there and say, I don't want it. Every single day when we're doing that, we're living in the lust of our flesh and we're doing what makes us feel good. But this is what God did in his great mercy of what he did. It says, but God, in verse four, but God, God stepped in right now. I believe that God is stepping in right now to say, hey, wake up right now. God is saying, but God, in the middle of America, in the middle of our busyness, God begins to shut things down and say, do I have your attention yet? And God shuts down our work and says, do I have your attention yet? And God begins to take all these things that we lean on. Money, sports, entertainment, shopping, material possessions. And all of a sudden, God says, do I have your attention yet? But God stepped in and you know what God is doing through this? God is awakening us to mercy. The Bible says, but God who is rich in mercy... See, right now, God is trying to get our attention. You say, why are we going through this right now? I believe it is the mercy of God that we're doing this because what we're dealing with is the curse. Viruses and sickness and death in this world is the curse, but God is using the middle of this to see, do you not see the sickness? Do you not see what's happening? Do you not see that you're in the stage four of the sickness of this world? Do you not wake up to understand that things are bad Say, why doesn't God come back right now? Because God is showing us mercy right now. God wants you to know that there is hope right now. Right now, God is shut down, or Facebook has been shut down with sports and flooded with preaching. Say, why? Because God is giving America an opportunity to get right because God knows what's coming soon. The question is are you going to accept the mercy of God? Then he says, uh, the Bible says in the same thing as he says, who is rich in mercy for his great love where he loved us. We have to embrace the love of God in this. Embrace the fact that God loves you in spite of anything that you've done. Amazing thing from that curse and the lust of our flesh and the drugs and the alcohol and the lying and the cheating and the pornography and, and the, the the greed and everything else that we have in our love. But God says, I still love you. And while you were yet sinners, you must understand it doesn't matter what you did to deserve that. God still loves you in spite of it. And then he says, verse five, we were dead in our sins at the us together for by grace, are you saved? Saved, rescued. You need to understand right now that God is trying to shake us and wake us. In every newscast, he's trying to wake you up. Every time you go out, every change in the world, everything that's not normal right now, God is trying to wake you up because he wants you to see this. Because in life, he is trying to bring you to the cure, to the Jesus Christ. Because right now, if I keep going and I reject God, and you must understand this, if you die today, and you hear messages like this, and you know that God loves you, and you know that God gave you mercy, and you pass Jesus Christ, you reject what he's done, you reject the gift, and you stand before God, it wasn't God that sent you to hell, it was you. You. Because God did everything on the cross, and God showed his mercy, and God gives grace, and God shows his love, and you know what we do? We reject what God has done. Then we stand before God and we sit there and say, I don't know why a loving God would send me to hell. I don't know why a loving God would be my judge because the loving God died on the cross, but you rejected him. Reject him. The stand before God in your sin is because you chose your sin over the cure of Jesus Christ. The stand before God in judgment is because you chose this for yourself. Right now, I think in everything that's going on in the world, it's God trying to wake us up. Will you stand guilty before God? Because you are guilty. We are all guilty. If God didn't do what he did, then we would have no chance. But let me tell you, the cross, because of Jesus, provided the cure that changes our condition, that changes our standing before God. The question is, what will you do with it? Salvation has got to be accepted. It's not a matter of saying, I've got time and I don't care. It's coming to this place. This might be that decision point for so many people right now that God has used this week in the news, in the world, in everything around you to shake you up, to make you wonder what is wrong. I'm going to tell you right now what is wrong. Sin is in the world from the curse we're all guilty, and judgment is coming. That is what's wrong. But because of the mercy of God, he is shaking and waking and speaking and loving and sending you the message right now. In this video, it could be that very moment that God is sending you the message. You say, well, what do I do? Because I want the cure. What do I do? Because I don't want to stand before God guilty, and God has definitely been waking me up. The Bible says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, it is a matter of acknowledging that Jesus Christ came, died, paid the price, and offers it to you. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, listen to this: thou shalt be saved. The Bible says you will be saved. Do you understand what that means? That if I accept Jesus Christ and I have that, the Bible says that I no longer have this because Jesus takes it out of the way. When I stand there, I am not guilty anymore because I got the cure and God has set me free. Whom the Son sets free, you are free indeed. Sin no longer has any pull on you, it has no, uh, uh, it has no bounds on you. you. You break the binds of sin, you break what holds you back. God set you free. For with the heart, man believes under righteousness. You can't even get to church right now. You think about that. We sit there and say, well, I go to church. You can't, none of us. If church attendance is what saves you, we're all in trouble right now. But it's not what you do. and It's not the place that you run. And it's not shaking my hand or coming down front or getting baptized because right now you can't get to any of those things. But if you pray right now, Jesus will get to you. He'll meet you where you're at. He loves you. He's showing you mercy. And he's offering salvation. Verse 13 says, And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You believe in your heart that all this is true. You believe that God will set you free. And you accept him as your savior. Yes, the world is in trouble. And things are falling apart. But it is nothing more than the mercy of God warning us to what's come. But right now there is hope. Let's pray. God, I pray, Lord, for those that are sitting, Lord, in their living room, in their house, in their job, wherever they're at. And, Lord, it is my heart, Lord, right now that they will listen to this. And they'll understand that Satan will do anything in his power to try to lead them away and try to deceive them to try to tell them that this is not true and they're okay when reality that they are sick with sin and they need the cure of you. I pray, Lord, that right now in their spot, in their seat, in their house, that right now that they'll pray and accept you. And Lord, to mean it from their heart. And Lord, to sit there and truly believe that there is a problem and truly understand that you are the answer. And that they'll receive you right now and cry out to you and accept you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we know that you are the answer. You are the hope. Lord, help us to receive the hope. We pray this in your name. Amen.